question. Um, how many of you are grocery store shoppers here? Grocery store shoppers. Yeah, yeah. Is anybody, um, you, you're the one that likes to go to the grocery store? I, I'm not really the one who likes to go to the grocery store. I don't particularly, you know, everyone, if you've heard me tell stories, I'm not the big grocery store girl. Um, but when I do go to the grocery store and I do get all of my stuff, how many of you are the type of person um, that you try to get all your bags in one trip? All your bags in one trip. Um, how many of you have your house up high? Does anybody have their house up high? On um, We were talking before, Kenzie and Tommy have 21 steps. I think 20... Miss Linda has 28 steps to take her groceries. Um, anybody have 28? Go on, 28, 21, 20, any more, many more? <laughs> um, but um, if you, so if you get out of your car and you're the type of person that tries to get all your groceries, um, it might look something like this, you know, um, and kind of get your groceries and, uh, and, you're, and you got one more, so you're like, And, you're making, and, and then you're making it, you know, and, and then like your keys drop <laughs> or, your, or your cell phone rings. You're like, wait, if I can, if I can touch my watch with my nose, I, I, could po I could possibly answer it, you know what I mean? And then you find yourself, my friend Shannon Brinkley on the way out, she said, I find myself at the door going, what in the world? How am I going to open the door? Anybody ever throw their foot up? <laughs> You're like, all because, all because our hands are too full. All because our hands are too full. And uh, I want to share something with you this morning. Um, when we started going down the direction of less is more, um, Every single year that we dive into a purpose for our church, our team really does prayerfully. We, we put our face before God. Because, you know, I'm sure last week if you were with us or you've heard us go in this direction and you heard there is more, there is more can sound, it sounds differently to Christy than it does Sky. You know, to my dad than it does Amos. You know, when you hear there is more, People have all different approaches to the word there is more. And some people, their idea, and they look at us and we say, this is the year of there is more. And people, some people are like, there's not one more thing I can possibly do. There's not, I don't have anything more to give. I don't have any handfuls free. I don't have any time free. I don't have any finances that are free. I, I, I don't have anything free, so I don't know how there could be more. And in praying about this, one thing, I'm just kind of sharing my peace to my heart. One of the things that happened to me when I began to go to God, he's, I didn't hear an audible voice, but this just came up in my heart, and I've been spending some time on it. One of the things that he said to me is, he said, Tiffany, he said, I want you to, as you head into 2020, I want you to take some time to think about two things you don't want to do so you can do two things that I've called you to do. Two things. So if you have a piece of paper in front of you, if you need a piece of paper, if you have a phone, grab your notes section in your phone. I'm talking to you right now. I'm posing this question to all of us. And I would love for you to filter this entire 
service this morning, this entire time together this morning, and I want you to kind of in the back of your head, write, whether you write it down so you can keep it in front of you right now, I want you to keep asking your question to yourself. Holy Spirit, say Holy Spirit, I'm asking that you would show me what are two things I need to stop doing so I can do two things that you've called me to do. Two things. And maybe for you that's one. I wouldn't go over like three. I don't think sometimes we have that capability. But there can be two things that you stop doing. So there's two things that you can start doing. And I know so many of us, so many of us in our lives, we're not striving for the wrong things. We're not going at, when we feel, when we're doing this, when we're doing this, we're, we're, we're thinking, I gotta have a job. And maybe you don't have enough finances, so you gotta have, you think you gotta have two or three jobs. I gotta have three, three, four, four, five, four, going five. I mean, you feel like you gotta have all these jobs and you gotta make a house payment that you really can't afford and you gotta make sometimes a car payment that you really can't afford and you got a couple kids that you really can't afford. How I many know kids are expensive? <laughs> and, and you got all this and there's all this striving going on. There's all this trying to do it in and of yourself and, and, and you're thinking, I, I, there's not one more thing I can possibly do. So there is, not, there is more is not about you doing more. It's about you going to him more and receiving more. See, it's about, it is about the blessing. And sometimes, honestly, we go about the blessing the wrong way. We go about it the wrong way. We think that if we can just get and get and get and get, then we're going to somehow achieve this place in life that we want. If I can just get this promotion, if I can just make this certain amount of money, if I can just, if I can just do this, and he's saying, if you would just do this, then I'll get you there. And I want to show you a scripture, it, well, I, this one that I, because sometimes we think that God's not concerned about the blessing. But actually in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 8, it says this. It says, he will pour out a blessing. Say blessing. He'll pour out a blessing on you that you can't contain. That you will have everything you need. Say everything. Everything you need. Not only does he, he doesn't even stop there. He says, and plenty to share with others. Who pours out the blessing? He, he says, I will pour you. Here's the problem. So many of us are trying to obtain the blessing. We're trying to grab a hold for the blessing. And he says, I will pour you out a blessing. that you." And here's what I know. There's a scripture in 2 Timothy. See, it's not about the blessing. It's about how we're trying to obtain the blessing. Because less in God's eyes means more for him. When we do less and he can do more, that's where we experience the blessing. In 2 Timothy, I am going to put this verse up, Chase. In 2 Timothy, I'm sorry, 1 Timothy, I apologize. 1 Timothy chapter 6. And if you're taking notes, these scripture references are on your app. I'm going to read verses 6 through 10. It says this, Yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into this world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. 
So if we have enough food and clothing, let's be what? Content. Keep on going. Now you're going to check some things out. But people who what? Who long? People who, now here's the thing. It doesn't say people that are rich. I'm going to clarify a couple things because God doesn't want you poor either. Because he couldn't want you poor and say, I will pour you out a blessing that you don't have room enough to contain, that you will have enough for yourself and plenty to. So broke people can't what? Everyone's afraid right now. They look scared. <laughs> broke people can't give. So this isn't talking about not being a blessing or you living a blessed life. Because sometimes when we think less is more, we think God wants us to have less. No, he wants you to do less so that you could experience more. Because he is the more. You're not the more. So here we go. But people who long to be rich fall into temptations and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. Next verse. For the, not the money, not the money, the what of it. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people, say some people, say not me though. Look at your neighbor and say not you either. <laughs> and some people craving money. Now here's the interesting thing. When you have something, it's different than craving and they're using a lot of very um, verbs that are adverbs that are that are leaning into the they're, they're trying to draw you a picture because there's a longing and a craving that gets you in trouble not the having not the having craving money have wandered from their true faith and have pierced themselves with many sorrows hmm See, God wants you to live in the there is more, but he doesn't want you necessarily. He wants you being, oh, he, he, he would rather you this. I got two handful. I got one handful. I'm walking, I, I'm, doing my, I'm doing the job that God ordained. Maybe two, maybe two jobs, not a big deal. Not five or six jobs. I'm, I'm, I'm obedient, man. I'm just doing, I'm, 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 I got the two jobs. I'm living in the blessing. I'm I get paid, and the first thing I do when I get paid is I give my tithes and offerings because it belongs to God because it's obedience. And even though I'm giving out of my generosity, it's not just my generosity, it's my obedience. And the Bible says the obedient are the ones that receive the blessing. So, and, and, and because this, and because I, I'm, I got some extra money after I've paid, after I've given my tithes, because we don't pay tithes, we give. We give and, and then after I've paid my bills, because we pay bills, we don't pay God, right? We give, to, we, we, we give back to God what belongs to him. And, and, then, and, then we, and then we pay our bills. And then I got an extra 20 bucks, an extra 20 bucks. And I can either go to Stuff Mart, I can either go to Stuff Mart, or I can ask the Holy Spirit. I got $20. But here, here's the deal. When we have an extra $20, some of us are believing for $200, but we're not being obedient with the, with the 20 We got 20 extra dollars, and instead of going to Stuff Mart and buying stuff that you already have, five of us, you could go ahead and just be a blessing and walk in the obedience and see him return back to you. It says he'll give back to you. Amen? Because less is what? Two things. Two things I'm not going to do so that I can do two things. He, maybe this year you're going to say, you know what, I'm not going to already buy something that I have. Now, I'm not telling you what to do with your money. He might. What if, 
You spent two years saying every bit of excess that I have, I'm going to put it before him and ask him what he wants me to do with it. Instead of saying, well, I got, well, I need at least four vacations. Right? Not four, maybe two. Maybe you want to give your, your nephew a vacation. I don't know. I'm just throwing things out there. Someone's like, amen, I'm the nephew, amen, hallelujah. I receive that. <laughs> He's my nephew. Bryce's like, yes, honeymoon. <laughs> just kidding. Here's the thing I got to do is too. I got to be obedient with the blessing. I, I want to ask you this. Pastor Stephen said something last week that I thought was so powerful. He said, physical obedience brings spiritual release. Thanks, Anthony. Physical obedience brings spiritual release. And, and I thought about this. Some people, some people are so busy networking and 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 trying to promote themselves and they haven't even checked in with god they're thinking 2020 man i'm gonna make all these connections i got connections Woo! i'm i'm networking i'm gonna build my business i'm networking when was the last time you sat down and asked god if you were truly doing what he's called you to do when was the is your hand so full of the ideas that you have for your life that you don't have room enough to know what he wants for your life Are your hands so full with promotion and trying to elevate yourself? I thought this was kind of funny. Some people are so busy on their social media trying to get friends that they haven't ever had a conversation with a real friend. Can I tell you something about followers? It doesn't matter how many followers you have. It's it's an absolutely zero indication of how awesome you are. I just want to let you know, you could have 500,000 followers it de- that doesn't have any indication of your character or how awesome you are or wonderful or whether you're a great person or whether you're even a great friend. Just because you have friends on Facebook doesn't mean you are a friend. It's just some kind of dumb thing that they put for friends. But when was the last time, when was the last time you had a conversation with somebody and you said, hey man, I just want to let you know I'm really struggling with this area of my life. That, that you were transparent enough to say, hey, hey, I, I need you to speak into my life. That someone could say to you, man, I, I've watched you in your marriage. And man, the way you talk about your husband is inappropriate. It's not okay. And, and I'm a friend enough and you're vulnerable enough and you're transparent enough to know that I've written down like five scriptures for you to confess over your husband instead of the way you talk trash about him all the time. That'd be a, that'd be a friend. And we think we're striving. I, I, I'm telling you, in my life, I'd rather have one good friend or two good friends that I'm transparent and honest with, that they can speak truth into my life, and they can say things into my life, and, 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 and they have an open door in my life. Then, then I, don't, I, don't even know, I don't even know how many, I don't even have Facebook, so I don't have friends. <laughs> Thanks, friend. Frank, will you be my friend? Thanks. Sometimes we check that, sometimes we check that more than we check the indicators of our own life. Sometimes we look to see how many things, how many people liked us, how many people actually like you. How many people can actually say, I got a relationship with you. You can speak into my life. 
That's why, honestly, Coastal Family Church is one of the biggest proponents of small groups that they're ever, I'm telling you, if we could, if we could tattoo it on our foreheads, we would say small groups, here, we're not trying to get you to do small groups because we want you to buy into a program. We're trying to get you to do small groups because we know that in those, in those situations that you get real life people saying, hey, I'm going to hold you accountable to doing the word to your spiritual growth. I'm going to see what you're made of and I'm going to help you on this journey. That's what happens in small groups. That's what happens. And if you've been following along with us at all, we touched a scripture that meant so much to me. Me and Miss Patty were sitting here on Wednesday during our noon prayer. And I'm going to encourage you. It's the last week of our fast. If you're just coming on board and you want to hook up with us for the last week, now, hey, get in on it. But many of us have been doing this 21 days of prayer and fasting, and this is our last week. And Miss Patty and I were sitting here during our Wednesday prayer time, because we have prayer times every single day of the week. And I would encourage you, this last week, please avail yourself. Come together and just pray with another person. If no one's going to be here, I promise you Ainsley will be. Ainsley turned 18 yesterday. Can you give it up for Ainsley? She's here at 6.30 a.m. Monday and Friday. And she's here Tuesday and Thursday at 6 p.m. So if you need a friend, Ainsley, will you be a friend? Thanks, Ainsley. She's like, don't bother me during my prayer time, though. Um, she's only here not during lunch because she can't skip school. But I'm here if you want someone to hang out with on Wednesday at lunchtime. But me and Miss Patty were sitting up here, and the scripture came across in Joel, if you were in our reading at all this week. Because, man, if you're hanging out with us on that Bible app, you are doing some reading. Woo, 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 woo. Some of us haven't read that much scripture in years. How? It's a, you guys, it's like Ephesians chapter 2. You're like, what verse? No, just Ephesians chapter 2. The whole chapter. It's been so fun, man. And so we're diving into the word. But in, in Joel chapter 2, verse 13, he said this. He said, rend your heart and not your garments. In those previous verses, he was telling the people, turn back to me, come back to me. And what he was saying is, is in that day and time, they would tear their garments and they would put on sackcloth and ashes and they would make a big public display. And he's saying, I don't need that. What I need for you to do is rend your heart. And when I looked up the definition of rend your heart, it says this, it says to make available. Make available your heart. And what I'm asking you today, to this morning, is saying, hey, Father God, I'm making myself available. What are two things that you don't want me to bring into 2020? What are two things that the Holy Spirit has been dealing with you to not take into 2020? And two things that he's calling you to do in 2020. Maybe it's, I'm going to spend, my, our friend Carson, where is, oh, oh. You got so skinny now, we can't even see you. Carson's left over 100 pounds. Don't take that with you into 2020. Bam. Here's the other thing, too. Listen, Carson has given up social media for the entire year of 2020. Not just during her fast. And she said it publicly, so now her armpits are sweating and she's doing it. And the reality of it is, is when you commit yourself, because you know what? The, if it's a distraction for you, if it's keeping you from the call of God on your life, if it's keeping you from visualizing the things that God has for you, if you're so busy watching somebody else's life that you're not living yours, cut it out. If you're missing the plan of God on your life because you're watching somebody else's if you, plan of God, come, you, you got to stop it. 
Rend your heart. I'm looking at that time because it's going to glare. Last week, Pastor Stephen took us into a verse, portion of scripture in Deuteronomy about Moses. And he began to talk to us about how Moses spent some time. The people of Israel had been delivered from Egypt. And they found themselves kind of on a mountain and they were kind of going around and around and around. And God spoke to Moses and said, I want you to turn. And he began to give him the land. He began to talk to him about the promised land. He began to declare him to him, I want you to take this and take this and take this. And one of the interesting things is Pastor Stephen didn't get to finish the story, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you what happened. Moses never entered into the promised land. Moses, nor did any of the Israelites that were with him that escaped, that got out of Egypt, none of them entered into the promised land. They spent 40 years walking around a desert. Here's the interesting thing. They were free from slavery. They were free from Egypt, yet they never obtained what God truly had for them. How many of us are going to ask ourselves, listen, how many of us can say, I'm free, I'm no longer going to hell, but I find myself walking around this desert year after year after year, never knowing, never occupying the very promised land. Listen to me, your promised land is not in heaven. Your pro it is a promised land. And I'm so happy for the sweet by and by. My dad talks about it every day about heaven. Every day. Sweet by and by. But here's the thing. God does not want you to wait to get to heaven to enjoy the good life. The good life was intended for you to enjoy blessing and peace and prosperity and increase and, and, and your body being whole and soundness of mind and good marriages and not acting squirrely and changing your mind and being weird. God intended for you to have that here, not just in heaven. Amen. But the Israelites spent 40 years not even entering the very thing that God called them out of. How sad would it be? How sad would it be for us to get salvation, for us to receive eternal life as wonderful as it is, and to still never experience all that God has for us? It would be so sad. And sometimes, I'm going to tell you, the other thing about it is, it's God always had the promised land ready and available. It was not God that kept them out of it. It was their mouth that kept them out of it. It was their complaining and their disobedience. Year, all they did was complain, 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 and disobey, 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 and they never got to enter into the promised land. I'm going to read you a portion of scripture in Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1, I'm going to start, and I'm reading out of the message translation, and I want to let you know something. Two things that you're not going to do so you can do the two things that God's called you to do. Because maybe the very two things that God's called you not to do are keeping you from the two things of promised land that God's called you to. And sometimes we hold on to the things because we think we're connected to them. Maybe it's friendships. Maybe there's some relationships. And I'm telling you, they're not, they don't speak life into your life. Uh, there, there can be people in our life, and every time you get around them, you're like, ooh, Yuck. And they don't help you walk into the promised land. Or you can get around somebody that says, man, I know the plans that God has for you and they're all of good and of free. Have you, have you gotten involved yet? Because you have a purpose on your life. In Joshua chapter 1, Joshua, son of Nun, I'm sorry, wrong chapter for me. After the death of Moses, the servant of God spoke to Joshua, Moses' assistant. Moses, my servant is dead, and what's the very next word that he says to him? 
<laughs> Get going. Your past is your past. Moses is dead. There's nothing that we, listen to me, that old you is dead. That old way of doing things, it's dead. Now, there's something that you have to do. You can stay there and lament over what didn't happen, or you can get going. Get going. Go across the Jordan River, and, and you and all the people, cross the country I'm giving the people of Israel. Now, here's the thing. He goes in and tells him. I'm not going to read all of it. He goes in and tells him the exact description. You compare this with Pastor Stephen's notes from last week, you're going to find the exact exact directions, exact boundaries, exact, he's going to, he, you know what's funny? God never changed his mind about the destination. He never changed his mind about what he had planned for the, and he hasn't changed his mind about you either. He says, I've come to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. He said, I've come to help you have strong marriages and strong families. I've come to heal your bodies. I've come to bring you increase and blessing that you don't have room. His plan for you has never changed. It's never changed. But you can wander somewhere where you don't belong. And I love this. This one part. Chase, you don't even have to worry about it. I'll read it. He says this. He says, give it everything you have, heart and soul. Make sure you carry out the revelation that Moses commanded you every bit. He says, don't get off track, either to the left or to the right. So make sure you get where you're going. And don't for a minute, say don't for a minute. Don't for a minute let the book of Revelation be out of your mind. Ponder it. Ponder it. How are we going to get to where we're going? How are we going to occupy all the things that we're going to have for us? How We're just going to leave one hand, one hand, and say, Father God, guess what? Because I got... Who's got a real Bible, not just an iPad? Oh, for the love. Thanks. I got my family. I got my marriage. I got my job. I got, I got it in one hand. In one hand, I got this. What, Father God, meditate day and night. What is it that you have for me? What, I got to know your plans because guess what? I know you've called me to things. I know you've equipped me for things. I know you put purpose in my life. I know you've called me to have a great marriage. I know you've called me to be a blessing. I know you've called, but here's the thing. I got one handful, but one hand, my eyes are on your word. I'm meditating in there day and night. If you don't, I'm going to go ahead and tell you. You're not going to get where you're going. 20 years from now, I, ho I hope your kids aren't entering into the promised land because you didn't. I hope they're born there with you. I hope they go, I hope you show them the promised land. Don't leave it to the next generation to figure out the promised land because you were too busy holding on to your past. You go. You go to the promised land. You get rid of the past. Recently, King and Country put out a new song called Burn the Ships. Anybody heard it? A few people. And it makes reference to when the Spanish sailor, Captain Cortez, went to Mexico. I did a little history study on it. The interesting thing about him was that he was a devout Catholic. And he loved God. And the people of that land, they were Aztec Indians and they were worshiping idols 
and they're worshiping gods. And he went in to conquer that land. Honestly, I don't know that he went to conquer it to slay it. He went to conquer it so that he could turn them to God. He wrote back and forth all the time and said, I have to get these people, the, 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 the history says, to turn to Catholicism. But Catholics serve Jesus. Amen. Right, Christy? Amen. And when he got there, he knew it was going to be hard. How many of you know 2020 has a couple obstacles? Oh, raise your hand. Raise both. And then tell your neighbor, you're a silly person if they don't have hands raised. You silly, silly person. Silly. It's got things. It's got things. The devil's not going to sleep on you. And if you get as crazy as I am, he for sure isn't going to sleep on you. And he knew that they were going to face obstacles. He knew that it would be his men's tendency to want to retreat. He knew that they would come in and say, Cortez, we, we're, this is way too much, man. I cannot read my Bible every day. I cannot not have a glass of wine when I get home from work. I have to cope. I cannot, I cannot not want I cannot forgive that person. I cannot do it. I can't do it. He, I, I cannot be happy for other people in my place where it's hard. I cannot not. And he knew that they were going to come to him and say, please take us home. Please take us back. And so what he did was he burned the ships so that they couldn't return. And I'm asking you today to burn your ships. I'm asking you to leave two things behind so that two things can carry you forward. And you'll see that less is actually more.